0: podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 21 is here, and it's Leonard Bowl week again. It's semi-final week, so congratulations to Rochester, to SHG, to the Williamsville Bullets in 3A, and the Morello Forsyth Trojans in 2A. The Williamsville Bullets will host Tolono Unity on Saturday at 2 p.m. The Morello Forsyth Trojans will host Tri-Valley on Saturday at 1 p.m. First things first, the 4A South semifinal. Sacred Heart Griffin will host the Rochester Rockets on Friday night at 7 p.m. at SHG. A quick look at the other side of the bracket for these matchups. In 2A, Decatur St. Teresa will host 12 0 Johnston City on Saturday at 3 in Decatur. In 3A, Elmhurst IC Catholic will host Byron at 3 p.m. on Saturday. In 4A, New Lenox Providence Catholic will travel to Wheaton St. Francis for a 2 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. Before we dive a little deeper into that 4A, we have to talk about some state volleyball last weekend. Congratulations to both Lutheran High and Taylorville. The Lutheran High Crusaders make school history by making it to the state championship game. They fall just short of their title goals. Still an incredible season from the Crusaders, who were absolutely unsinkable. Kim Peabody and the Taylorville Tornadoes also make school history and finish fourth in the state in 3A losing in three sets to Joliet Catholic in that third place game. Last Saturday, I also saw SHG absolutely dominate Murfreesboro. And then we started to prepare for this upcoming semifinal weekend. SHG and Rochester will play on Friday. And this week's guest is connected to both teams. Pretty well. Here is Brad Leonard talking Leonard bowl and plenty more. I'd like to welcome Brad Leonard to the podcast this week to talk about, Oh, there's a pretty big football game this weekend. I think that's fair to say, um, uh, First of all, it's, it's the middle of November, so how are you doing? How's, how are you enjoying this football season?
1: I'm enjoying it a lot. I'm uh, glad my football season with JP and the Rochester team that I coached this year is over. We had a good season, but uh, it's just been enjoyable to see both SHG, especially for my dad's last year, how well they've done, um, short of one game scare, but um, that was exciting to actually see a game. And then uh, Rochester's just coming into their own at the right time. Yeah. I think it's really uh, impressive how Derek every single year does something different, uh, <laughs> different talent. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback quite like him. Everyone talks about when Derek Leonard was uh, in high school; he was he was. Uh, agile and kind of similar but he he was definitely not that big <laughs> yeah yeah
0: they don't they don't make him like that i mean they didn't make them like that
1: and, well normally just, they, they make him like that they just don't play that position <laughs> but god he's a heck Ed of a can quarterback play it that well yeah, yeah no exactly. he's a great kid too
0: so as we prepare for what people are calling the last letter bowl i have to ask this question to start it
1: is there ever a chance that you would coach against Derek at the varsity level in any capacity no i would never coach against him okay I would only coach with him, but I've told him time and time again, I, I want nothing to do with coaching. I think <laughs> I've truly hoped my coaching career is over yeah. uh, about a month ago. So Perfect. that's the goal. I, I I do not love it as much as my dad and brother do. Yeah. Um. I just I do it because I love my family and my son, and yeah. I just want him to have the best possible coaching. Not that I am the best, but I wanted to make sure that he got an upper hand on. Um, what what's to come for the next season and he has a very talented uh, crew behind him. so I just thought it's an opportunity to help out the Rochester program. So I saw that as an opportunity but I would never coach against Derek. I really want nothing to do with coaching. Yeah again.
0: I just wanted to make sure that we got that on record too, <laughs> before people say, oh, this is the last Leonard bowl ever and it's like, well, there are a lot of Leonard men. And I mean, hey, who knows? Julia could be a
1: quarterback or no, yeah. could be a coach someday. Yeah, no, for sure. Now, Julia, yeah, now Julia, she's all girl. She <laughs> she doesn't want anything to do other than ballet or gymnastics. Right. Now, JP, you never know. You know, yeah. it could be. I, I truly, truly believe he could be a coach someday. Right. He has that mind. It's it's kind of I always joke around. I don't know how I raised my brother because of course he was you know a, a big brother and picked on me my whole life. And, yeah. I hated all his little antics and <laughs> the way he was when it came to competition. It just drove me crazy. And somehow my son is a spitting image of him. He has his mind. His He just gets it. He's right. he, he is going to be a coach someday unless something drastically changes in his uh, appetite for sports. I mean, that's what he's going to be. So... It could be delayed by 10, 15 so it could years.
0: Be a 20-year situation Yeah, have a Leonard Bull. Who knows?
1: I don't know where he would go, that but would be. I think he would definitely be the next possible Leonard Bull, so let's see in about 10 to 15 years where he ends up.
0: And it's hard to say, you know, as a 12, 13-year-old, I see him as a coach, because I don't feel like, I feel like that kind of comes into form when you get into, you know, high school, college, even college level, probably. I think it's fair to say, I've talked to a lot of coaches, and they say, you know, once I got to toward the end of my playing career, I was like, I need to be a coach. Because I don't feel like people, you know, grow up saying, hey, I want to be a coach. Yeah. They say, I want to play, and then it's like, oh, you know, that, that love, that passion, that competitive drive turns into, I have to be a coach to, to fulfill that sort of challenge in me.
1: Yeah, no, I you know, I see it in my profession, too, being in an insurance business and working at BOS, it's you see people who are just a part of the business and that just when you're around it so much, yeah. it just becomes second nature to you and they don't see, you know, any, anything else because it's just some, comes so natural to JP and any opportunity he gets, he, you know, he, he talks football, basketball, baseball, with, you know, you know, with grandpa. And I mean, he just has a wealth of knowledge on all sports and, you know, whenever Derek has an opportunity to let him, you know, listen in on a team meeting or, you know, just talk anything. He just wants to absorb it, and I, I know that was what Derek was when he was six, seven years old. Yeah, I remember he just wanted to like absorb it all. Always be there, and I see that with Blake and Austin too. They just want to be there constantly, and they just love it. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a whole Leonard clan of you know JP, Blake, Austin, and they just go off to the college ranks and kind of be like the uh, the Monkins or. You know some of those big families you hear about that are just in college right. football. I mean, they, I think the sky's the limit if that's what they truly want to do because they have the mind for it and they're they're around the best of the best.
0: Yeah, and clearly they have, like you said, the family tree of it is, uh, I'd say, pretty successful. With your dad being the Illinois all-time winningest coach, and then Derek is putting together quite a resume in his first. What is it? This is his fourteenth year, right? I think, a, it's, a, I think it's the sixteenth. Sixteenth, okay. Yeah, and,
1: I, and I, what people don't understand about coaching is, it's a fraternity. It, it's it's not like what you know. Like it does, it matters that you got to be a good coach, but knowing the right people is probably the most important thing in this game. Um, and that's why my dad and brother, I think, have had so much success with their players going to the next level, is because those coaches value what they say and they want to hear mm-hmm. from them and they want to pick their brains and if derek or my dad uh vouches for someone and that's that's what i love about the central state eight is they're not coming just to recruit sacar griffin or rochester they're coming to recruit the central state eight and their right. first visit always is to go see ken leonard and then the next visits to go see derek leonard and that's where they kind of find out, hey, who's the real players in this area? Yeah. And that's why I think this conference is the best conference in the state, you know, arguably in the, you know, I think it's the best in the state because it is a, it's a true fraternity of coaches who look out for each other and they've just been great helping out one another. I think it's the healthiest Central state it's ever been. I mean, the relationships and the coaches, they all want each other to succeed and it's fantastic.
0: And just to kind of go down that road a little bit before we go back to, you know, that the other conversation, yes, Southeast isn't making the playoffs. Lanfear's not making the playoffs, but if you're good enough to play at the college level, they're going to find you, especially in the CSA, because like you said, your dad and your brother are, they know who those kids are because they're game planning against them and making sure because that's how good of a coaches they are. That's how good their staff is. So if you're, alignment on Lanphier or if you're a DB from Southeast that yep. is good enough to play at that level you're going to be found and and coaches are going to know about you at the next level
1: that's for sure and i mean the the relationship with coach browns and you know coach Golf, and i mean every coach in the central state eight um, you know they, they don't say hey you can't go to Derek's quarterback camp or receiver camp you know every kid there there's at least one kid i think from almost every school that i can think of from I don't think anyone was excluded from that from his camp. Someone was there from those schools, yeah. and Derek wants them to excel. Um, you know, the, the the quarterback at at Jacksonville. I mean, shoot, you know, I, I know my brother worked with him for years and years, and I mean, he's going to do tremendous things at that next level. I yeah. think he's at Indiana State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they're always just looking for that next thing, and you know, and, and it's not not just Division One. I. I mean. Derek and my my father, they have so many guys have gone to the next level that have been Division Three coaches. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name, but uh, the Freitag at um, right at Monmouth. Monmouth. I mean, gosh, I mean, it's just and been, you look a, at Westland, it's been a West Bend. Yeah, as as
0: another one where. Yeah, Wesley.
1: I mean, my dad's best friend's coach there. It's it, it's just been a Central State 8 just. They all go there because they respect them and they've had success because of that because the central state is so competitive and and they know what they're going to get out of it it's it's just a proven um area of just success and it's honestly a a testament to my father i mean who really truly set the grounds for that and the coaches around here all bought into it too Um, you go to my dad's gun clinic and see the coaches and shoot it's it's about seventy-five percent of the Central State 8's there, yeah. and it's not—you know—they're not—they're not concerned about it. It's, they want the competition to be high because of no, right now. Raising tide raises all ships. Yeah, I mean that's—that's that's what they want right now. Is they need the competition to be at its highest, so yeah. when they get to this level, they can compete against the big Chicago schools when it comes to the state championship, yeah. and they've got to be able to be at the highest level. So if they're playing, you know, just—just just kind of kick teams, they're not going to have success when it comes to playoff times. And and I hate to say that, but you kind of see that when we play against those Southern teams, yeah. <clears throat> they're kind of just eating each other up, not seeing that competition, not right. pushing themselves. They struggle when they play against a Central State A team because we are playing at a true 6A um, level of competition.
0: Yeah, And I think we saw that last year with not only, I mean, yes, SHG and Rochester are playing in the 4A semifinals, but you saw... Jacksonville play against a Metamora team who was really, really good. And then really last good. year, Muhammad. I mean, and then you see Quincy come in to, and do what they did to Chatham. And it's like, these teams aren't getting worse by any means in this area. And especially, you know, I feel like you talk about the Champaign area with th- those teams and um, the, the Peoria area. The CSA has to continue to improve to be able to keep up, to yep. maintain the reputation of, hey, we're going to have somebody playing that day after Thanksgiving, whether it's SHG, whether it's Rochester, whether it's Chatham, whether it's, I mean, MacArthur, Jacksonville, any of those teams have to continue to improve. And I think, like you said, that all speaks to that, yeah. with those coaches working together. And I'm excited
1: about the expansion, being able to, you know, get out and play another team outside of the Central State 8. Um, you know, it's funny, I was trying to explain to some people at my work, it's like, why, why are we... You know, why, why is SHG number two? How is that possible? Yeah. That, you know, t- explaining the point system, and I said, well, you, you know, it's a closed conference. It's kind of tough where I remember when I was in high school, we got to play the Peoria Richwoods, um, and then we always played the Belleville Altoff, so we always went into the playoff with such high points, yeah. and it was such an advantage when we got to that next level, um, playing some really tough competition. And typically, we'd always play them in the playoffs again. I remember my senior year, played played Altoff my last game of the season, then I played him the next game <laughs> in the playoffs, <laughs> which is a tough thing to do, it play is. back-to-back yeah. games. Um, but luckily, you know, we, we came out on top on that one, but it, it was it was a real advantage being able to play outside of that conference because you got to see, you know, everyone's going to the spread right now, and that's another testament to my dad and brother. You know, everyone wants to be like that because it's the highest success right now. But, shoot, going against these double wing teams, that's going to be tough to face against them because you just haven't seen it. And how do you prepare for it? You can't practice for that because they do it their whole lives. Um, and honestly, if I was SHG, Chatham, whoever it is, I would find a powerhouse double wing team to face against on that non-conference game right. in the future. Because that's what you got to do to get that success and be prepared for that championship game.
0: Right. And I think it's obviously the smaller school level, but you see that in the Sagamore with Moroa and Williamsville playing against not only Athens, but now you have Olympia who played in a quarterfinal. Yep. Where it's like, man, you have to be able to see that to understand... What you need to
1: do when
0: you get into this time of year? Oh, definitely. And you
1: know the the unities of the world, and I mean it's it's just there's some powerhouses that are just so good at running that style offense, and if you know that that is a huge advantage of the same, Mo, Is they do get a good variety of everything in that conference, and I think it's just a you know of course amazing coaches there too, mm-hmm. um, and they're a part of that conversation with the Central State Eight. Yeah. Um, you know they're always they're 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 not. Afraid to learn, and that's what I, I really, really respect about all these coaches in the Central State A and the Sangmo. Is they're always looking to improve. They're not just content. Hey, I made it to state. I'm good. Uh-huh. You know, continue, or you know, they're they're, they're all could all they're all out there looking for what's the next best thing um, to do. How can we improve? Yeah, you may have the best athletes, but they know come playoff time that that doesn't cut it. You gotta play play against every single type of um formation offense defense and you know they're always looking to improve um that's what you know my dad still to this day right. is trying to figure out he's only got two games Four decades to in, luck. and he's still yeah <laughs> and he's always always trying to improve and that's just amazing you know and it's funny because that's how i live my life in my business is you never can be content with what you got you always got to look for that next angle what's the next thing that's coming around the bend um you know, and in my business, I gotta find what's the next possible uh, claim scenario. What's the next coverage that I'm not thinking about? Right. Um, you know, it's always a never changing environment, and I've got to protect my clients. And that's how I've learned that from my dad and brother is you can't can't be content with just having success and resting on your laurels. You got to always improve and look for that next best best thing around the the corner.
0: I think, and I think to speak to that, the reason that your dad your brother and yourself are successful in those walks of life is like you said earlier talking about the competitive drive and the will to win overtakes the idea of i've been successful doing it this way Mm -hmm. so like you said in this day and age with the technology that we have now and the way that coaches can share and you can learn how much do you see those two being able to do that now compared to 20 years ago when you had to drive three hours to trade tape with somebody at 3 in the morning to get a, a tape on a team, and now it's literally just all there on huddle, and uh, how much does that kind of help
1: OSU. football teams today? Well, I, I remember when I was a little kid, my dad, I mean, he was one of the very, very first um, coaches out there I, I ever heard of Is was, was breaking down tapes, um, you know – it, 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 there's been a lot of coaches that have been good about understanding watching film and the importance of it, but I think my dad really had success because he understood tendencies and learning tendencies. Um, and you've got to understand what those tendencies are, and that we used to have to do it by hand. Um, I remember when I was in high school, our coaches were actually doing it by hand and figuring out, okay. And they they didn't have the huddle who literally just pressed the button and tells you that report for you. Yeah. And it saves you days, you know, not even hours, but days. Um, But it's been huge, Um, you know, and my dad has adapted greatly to it. Like I called him, I said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing breaking down tackles right now. Um, And that just shows, you know, how important it is because he's got to know who's doing what, who's, you know, grading them out. Um, and they're, this is what NFL teams were doing probably 20 years ago right. because they had the resources, the manpower. Um, and now with technology, it's just changed the way they think about the game. And I think it's really helped out Derek because he's really like, what he's great at is he listens to everyone. And not that my dad doesn't, but Derek is kind of a control freak, but he does listen to Derek Nelson and J.C. Clark and all these coaches and they say, hey, this is what it is, and he truly, truly, like, values what they are, and he analyzes it, you know, without an ego, and he says, okay, yeah, I see what you're saying here, and he adapts it to it. And I mean, that's that's the hardest thing for, say, SHG this week is you can scout everyone and get kind of a good scouting report, but Derek, you have zero clue what you're going to get this week.
0: Yeah. He's going to have a game
1: plan that no one's expecting, and, I mean, you it's not even worth guessing. You just got to... There's not enough time from here until friday to figure out what the heck what how are we going to defend this you've just got to basically try to take away the big play slow the bleeding and just try to not give up that big play um because technology i mean typically it helps you out in this situation it would you know there's just no chance you're going to be able to scout him out yeah and same thing with my dad i'm sure he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve he's been that's the advantage of being so good. You don't even have to show a lot of your good stuff. I mean, I I feel bad for Rochester because I I don't think they have a clue, you know, what what they're going to get thrown at them because, hey, you you only got one more shot to to get there and you're not going to leave it out on the, you know, anything in your back pocket. You're going to let it all out there.
0: When you talk about your dad and your brother, how competitive are both of them when it comes to just straight up winning. I mean, cuz you talk about <laughs> and, and everything. Yeah, and you know, you you always you hear the stories on on all those shows about, you know, Jordan, Kobe, Tiger, Tom, where it's like they don't care what it is. They're going to try to beat you in it because that's just in their brain, and I feel like that you can relate that to both of them where yes, they're high school football coaches and they do a lot of great things when it comes to faith, family football and and sculpting young men into being better people, but at the same time, when we're talking about this football yeah. game on Friday, both of them want to win more than anything.
1: Oh, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Our, our competitiveness in our family is out of control. It's it's unlike I've, anything I've ever seen, um, and that's truly probably why, we, why they are so successful because they want to win in everything they do. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, who, who's going to, you know, flip a coin. I mean it's like they're they're going to one up each other all the time. I remember just we were big um, we lo- well, loved love to play cards, you know, we'd play poker, spades, hearts, whatever it is. And I mean, man, it it got vicious. I mean, it was just constant just battles. And I mean, it, it would just and it got so loud in our house and it, it was fun. It was a fun environment. You know, my mom was always there to just kind of say, hey, guys, it's a it's a card game. There's nothing on the line. You guys got to chill out. Yeah. But, but it, we always pushed it to that level because we always want to win for everything. And it's funny, I, you know, that's what the greats are. I remember when we got to meet Tim Tebow when he came. Um, it was a long time ago when he was here for FCA. But that was the one thing he talked about growing up was, you know, he had – you know, great upbringing, great family. You know, I, it was very similar, I think, to what we we were brought up in. But the one thing was, when it came to competition in his family, it got vicious. And, I mean, and you, you won at all costs. And it was just, because winning's fun. You know, most people don't like to admit that, but it's fun. And I, gotta, I got it in me, too. I got to watch myself at my son's games. I got to be, <laughs> I, I, I try to not to be that crazy dad who just is yelling at, you know, the, the refs and, you know, right the refs need we need the refs more than they need us right now and we got to respect them but man that that's that's the driving force for them is winning's fun and they know it's fun for the kids and it's fun for everyone and winning solves a lot of problems you know you don't have to worry about parents complaining about my kid didn't get this or my kid didn't get that because hey how can you argue when we won you can't ask for more. Of, you know, you want to win by seventy over than the fifty that we won by. It's uh, it, that solves a lot of problems. Yeah.
0: So. And all that being said, in the last, you know, five six minutes that we've talked about this, that's also why this week sucks so bad for both of them because they are a father and son, and that's yeah. just an awful <laughs> thing when you have such drive and such successful programs.
1: Yeah. No, it, it's tough, and you know, it's funny when I heard. You know, that was going to be on Friday night at 7 o'clock. And I said to my wife, I was like, I, I think they just want to get it over with. <laughs> you know? And, and what, what else are you going to do? It's not like they don't know who's good on the team. They know who's going to do what. Um, and, and like I said, you're not going to be able to prepare for one another. So why not just get going with it and just get it over and give yourself the extra day rest for the state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, those teams are going to be behind us by one, one game, whoever wins. Um, and you know, one, one extra night's sleep is not going to make a difference on anything in my opinion. So it, I know it's going to be tough for them. Um, but you know what, in a week or two, honestly, after the state championship by a week, they'll just move on. I mean, I, I know they will. I mean, you can't. No matter what happens, you can't take away what my dad's done. I mean, he's the greatest coach in Illinois history. Um, it's, it's amazing what he has done, the lives he's touched. And honestly, yeah, people are going to remember him if he wins a state championship. But honestly, all the state championships I won with my brother, it's all a blur right now. Um, I don't remember, you know, what the scores were, what we did. But the things I remember are the practices and the, the friends and the coaches and the families um, and those players, I mean, that's that's what you remember. You don't remember that kid made that unbelievable touchdown catch. I, I, it's all a blur. All you remember is the memories of the families and the friends that that's what, what it's about. Um, so everything else right now is icing on the cake. You know, I, I know that each community wants to win. Um, I want them to do good. But mainly I just want everyone to get out of it happy and healthy. And, you know, I, I just hope people understand how, amazing it is to be in the situation when I was a kid or when Derek was coming up to get to this point in the season it was a huge 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 deal I mean my dad was a legend at that point and I think he had only been to two state championships in his career and I mean he was considered one of the greatest ever I mean look since then what he's done um and it's such a an amazing thing and I feel bad for you know JP um that he has to go to Rochester and the expectations that it's state championship or bust. Yeah. And that's and that's unfair to Rochester and it's unfair to SHG because what how hard it is to do that people just don't understand. I mean this we are the most spoiled yeah. conference probably in the state because it's just an expectation and anything less is a failure in their minds and that's just that's unfair to these kids because they work their butts off and it's just um, it's 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 kind of sad you know that these kids that's their their level but you know what it's going to prepare them for the future because their expectations are going to be so much higher than the people they're going to be around out in the work you know in the work culture and um the real life and they're going to exceed and that's why they all these ex-players of my dad especially and you're seeing it with my brother's players how successful they are in life it's amazing the executives and you know the the heads of government and you know just the things that they do um and the people that they've touched you truly truly i always had a trouble seeing it as how important sports were in it um but man you can truly truly see how important that is when it comes to their competition and you know having the success in their their industries to talk about how spoiled they
0: are um We're, we're preparing for a second straight semifinal between these two matchups, between these two teams. And then, you know, the year before that in 19, when it's a quarterfinal that ends one of their seasons, it's to that point. And, you know, I, I just look back at these last few weeks where you talk about how good of a team Effingham had, how good that Waterloo team played, yeah. how good, um, you know, Carterville, Murfreesboro, those programs. To get to a semifinal, for not only those kids, those coaches, the fans, the student sections. If you look at, you know, just at SHG yesterday, how many kids were in that student section? About twenty. Can you imagine at any of those schools if they're playing in a quarterfinal? How big that that day is. That game is. Um, last week when Rochester beats Breeze forty-two to nothing, we put out the highlight video, and tweeted out, and it gets four likes, no retweets. Nobody from the school, nobody from the team, nothing. Because they just expect it. Yeah. They just expect to be playing for a state championship or playing in a semifinal. And, you know, you look, this, I mean, we, you talk about spoiled. Us at Channel 4050, we have four teams playing in a semifinal this week. Uh, obviously, only three can make it to a state championship. But for that to happen is crazy to have three teams from two conferences playing for a state title. Um i think you said like you said it speaks to a lot of different things when it comes to the coaching community around here um, the success of you know just how good these all these teams are but uh, i don't know how to get people to understand that it this doesn't just happen you no. look at any other sport and this doesn't just happen no
1: it doesn't and it's funny it's something that you know is is very important for people to understand is how spoiled we are to have 1450. Um, I have family from, you know, Australia who, who watch this, check into it every week. Um, Hawaii. i got a lot of family in Hawaii. Uh, Idaho, Colorado, Connecticut. And they are just blown away because they don't have anything like this. And they're, and they're in large communities. Yeah. Very large, wealthy communities. And they've never seen anything quite like this. And just they understand how successful these two teams are. Um, and just... And they just are blown away by the 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 level of coverage that we get. So I don't think you guys get enough credit for what you do. Well, thank you. And I yeah. think people take it take it for granted. I mean, it's unbelievable how gifted these kids are. To look back, I was just looking at Marshall Call. Uh, you guys did a special on him, and I, I think everyone's making fun of the thumbnail <laughs> that it was because it was him with the eyes closed. <laughs> but it's like it, it's just great to go back and see those stories because. You know, I, didn't even, I couldn't remember that. I just remember Marshall Cole being a great kid. I mean, he, and he had the worst luck ever. I mean, he probably could have been one of the greatest, but he just had the worst luck with injuries. Um, but just how lucky we are to have 1450 and how lucky these communities are to have this much talent. I mean, not a lot of communities get to play football for 14 weeks guaranteed every single year. It's just crazy that I mean, we expect
0: yeah. to cover football for 14 weeks.
1: I mean, normally you channel 1450, you guys would probably should be getting a break for about three weeks. So You can probably say, hey, I'll go on vacation between you know <laughs> this time. But there's no chance. No. So being married to you guys would be really, really tough. And She's a saint. I'll yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's amazing. Um, and people just need to support it more because, I mean, it's one of those things where it, it's... We don't realize how good it is until it's gone, and, and you don't want that to ever... You know, we, we need to not take it for granted, and I wish um, more people came to the games. Um, and, and yes, th- it gets cold. It was a cold game, and, yeah. and people assume... It's the middle hey, of November. <laughs> they, they know... They knew in their minds they were going to win, so why am I going to do it? Right. Um, but I, I, I'm with you, man. We we need to, especially this next week. I think the big, it will be a big game. And I, I remember know. last year's game; it was crazy how packed that thing was. Yes,
0: yeah. and this is SCG, so there's yeah, I feel like there's a little bit more room.
1: It'll be very nice. And, yeah,
0: and it's like you said, it's on Friday. Yeah,
1: um, got nothing else to do. <laughs>
0: every other high school coach, every other high school kid wants to come see this game. I mean, football-wise, let alone just the general audience of seeing.
1: Mark, this you, happened
0: for the last time.
1: Yeah, I guarantee Providence and St. Francis are going to be down here with their whole clans. They're going to be filming yeah. it from every which angle they can. Um, they're really good about that. I mean, I remember July Catholic. When I shoot, they, they've had a clan of people who just go out and film games because they prepare. And, the, and same thing with um, you know Rochester SHG. Yeah. They just do a great job of scouting people. Um, and there's a lot of people who invest in that. Um, and that's why I think these kids also don't realize how much support they have compared to other communities. Um, shoot, I mean, just look at my dad's sideline. I mean, yeah. he's got more coaches than he, some teams have players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hate to say that. I mean, there, no, there, it's may, true. There may be one or two teams in this conference who he has more coaches than they have players. Yeah. And that's just an amazing thing, you know, testament to him. And that, that that's one, one last, one more thing that I learned from my dad and I know my brothers learned from him is, you got to surround yourself with the best possible talent. And that's been huge in my profession is, don't be afraid to find someone who's better than you and hire them and and have them a part of it. Mm -hmm. I know we learned that from my uncle, who was a big CEO and president of Mars Candy Bars. And everyone who he hired was smarter than him. Ivy League, you know, quality type people who he was the boss of, but he needed those great people around him. And that's why I think they've had such great success is because they hire the greatest coaches. I mean, Derek Nelson. The he should be a college, Division One offensive line coach. He's yeah. the best of the best. You know, you got Coach Warren, who's just a genius when it comes to everything defense, special teams. You know, Jim McMahon, who's just been around the program for years. Um, you know, Bob Renise, and I know, still throws in his two cents. You've had, I mean, just I, I can't. There's too many coaches even to do it. But it's just amazing the the minds that he brings back and how invaluable it is to them because you know you watch my dad on the sideline he's just kind of analyzing he truly is taking it from like a college pro head coaching perspective where he's letting the guys do their thing because
0: they're so good at it
1: yeah and they're so good at it
0: not like your dad isn't good at it no he's
1: he's fantastic (laughs) at it If, if something happened to any of them and their voice and they or they couldn't do something he could take over no problem but it's like Hey, he's going to analyze and take in from a different perspective and give his two cents. If he disagrees, he's going to step in and disagree. But it's an amazing thing to have, and I wouldn't be surprised if Derek does that pretty soon. Yeah. Um, you know, with Tyson, I mean, shoot, Tyson is a genius offensive mind. I mean, he he see, he, he knows probably the offense better than Derek knows the offense. Sometimes yeah. Derek will try to say something, Tyson will beat him to the punch when he's trying yeah. to explain that offense.
0: You talk about preparation there, too. That's oh, preparation. Tyson is he's, he's, he's the best he's with preparation. It. Yeah.
1: You know, it, it's funny. I probably shouldn't say this, but my old name was the huddle Ho <laughs> <laughs> Because I, I had to do all the things on the huddle. I had to break it down. I had yeah. to put it in. And, you know, I felt comfortable when I left... Because I know how good Tyson was, yeah. and I was like, "Hey, he does it better than me. I, I can feel comfortable to let go of this." Mm-hmm. And got it. I mean, he's been tremendous for that program. Is just how smart he is, breaking that thing down. I'm sure they don't call him that, but <laughs> 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 that's because I'm the little brother. Yeah. But yeah, uh,
0: um, I'm not gonna sit here to ask you to you know predict the game on Friday. But I do want. We've talked about the coaches. I do want to talk about both teams because um, outside of Derek and Ken and probably us because we're at every game you, you've you seen both of these teams probably more than most people have um so let's start with SHG I mean we've talked about it all year long about how good they are and you know coming off the state championship there was no question that the expectations were you know you have to get back to a state title and uh, yeah. I've like already said that's crazy um but the talent on this team you've seen you've seen how many SHG teams your dad has coached this team is, is, has to be up there in terms
1: of talent. Oh, this is usually the most talented team I think I've ever seen. Um, I mean, I, I, I would take their 40 times over. And, and You know, everyone kind of jokes around about my dad's 40 times, um, quotation marks, because he's had how many guys in his life that he says the 4-4 four, four guy, but that's his, by his hand switch. Well, they got lasers now, and these guys are legit, legit 4-4 guys. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and, and there's some... It's amazing the guys that don't even get to be in that starting 11 on offense because you can only play 11 guys. I I always joke around, they should be playing Canadian rules because they need more bodies out there that actually can make plays because they've got so much talent. And, you know, another guy who just doesn't get the credit that he deserves is Ty. I mean, Ty is truly, truly one of the just all time, just great quarterbacks and then that's saying something as hg with all the you know the brenneisens and you know Derek and green. Uh, grave green and brad Sallinger. I and mean, it's just amazing all the people that we've had since i was even a little kid i mean it's just it's been a powerhouse of um uh, quarterback quarterbacks but he has just got every box checked He's smart. He's you know athletic. He can run when he needs to. He's got a great touch, great arm. He works so hard. He's very level-headed, and he's just so calming out there for him. And he's just a. I don't know what the recruiting situation is for him, but if if a Division one school doesn't pick him up. I'm truly starting to get confused on what it takes to be a college quarterback at this right. time. Cause if he doesn't check every box I've ever seen, I just don't get it. I'd like to see these kids that they pick. And I, and I know how good like Nick Baker was and, you know, West Lunt, um, you know, Nick Baker is probably the greatest football player I think I've ever seen <laughs> truly. Um, and you can see it at Southern. I mean, he's just dominating the game. Yeah. I and mean, he single-handedly beat Northwestern by himself. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, Ty is tremendous, tremendous athlete, and they are in great hands. And it's great to have those weapons too. You know, you know, it, it's Keyshawn is just so quick and so smart, so tough. Um, I don't, even, I don't even want to name off all the kids because it'd be unfair to No, I don't. Want so many kids, yeah. but that's where they have the upper hand is that the, that receiver core. No one's going to be able to stop all of them if you yeah. put five wide. I I dare you to find five guys that can defend all of them. And if you do defend all of them, guess what? Ty can run then. And that's the hard thing is um, I don't know how you stop that. Now on Rochester, um, you know, how do you prepare for a quarterback like that? You know, you you can't. Um, It's it's really, really tough. He's got a good arm for his body. Um, You know, he's got good touch. He gets it out quick. But, shoot, when the the play breaks down, when you need three yards – He's getting you three yards. He's going to carry two, three guys to get that three yards. I mean, he, he is a fullback, a quarterback, who can move like a you know, like an agile quarterback. Um, you know, the line is just tremendous at Rochester too. Um, that's their advantage. Not that Griffin doesn't have a tough, quick line. Um, you know, and shoot, their linebackers at SHG are just as mean as they get. Yeah, and, and that's probably the fastest linebacker core I've ever seen there yeah. too. Um, they shoot a hole so fast, and they they read it. Um, you know, I think if if Griffin can get past this game, they line up really well against those other schools. Um, just from what I've seen, I think they really, really have the upper hand. They should be the favorites in that situation, and yeah. truly, they should be the favorite in this game. Yeah, I mean, we saw the first game. Yeah. Um, of course, Rochester was kind of like what Griffin was last year, where. They were just trying to figure themselves out that first game, that early game against Griffin. That's why Rochester had the upper hand. Um, But then when they came back, they were a little more prepared. So it isn't going to be a cakewalk, I'll tell you that much. Um,
0: No, because that week one game, I mean, you talked about it with Derek preparing for his offense. That week one game, you can't watch any film in terms of trying to plan for his place or, <laughs> or what they're gonna do like that's you had the last not drive had the
1: last drive of that first game when Hank got cramped up and that, yeah. that okay that's what I expect that and that's pretty much what it was I think yeah 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 <laughs> but shoot just their power run game you know right. that that's um, they yeah. put Carter Reese in the
0: backfield to be a, a fullback
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and then you put Ian back there too yeah I mean, wise cub
0: and it's like all right you're talking about 700 pounds coming out of that backfield.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've watched uh, Saturday Night Live, or uh, what is it, um, Friday Night Lights, sorry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think you call him, um, what's it, Riggs. Oh, yeah. I mean, he that's him. I mean, I mean legit. That's, he's legit that. I mean, you just feed it to him, and you're going to get your first down you need. He's going to get what you need. Now, he's not going to run away from you, but, man, he's it, it, a ton to take down.
0: He, he blows that first person up every yeah. time. Yeah. And then, like you just talked about, when that first person is going to be either Corey West or Hudson McMahon or Richard Jackson, you're talking about a collision that yes. is it's dangerous. It's going to be heard for miles <laughs> in the city on yeah. a Friday night because, dude, that's just—that's terrifying.
1: It's going to be very terrifying. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a scary thing. I'm glad I don't have to <laughs> play anymore because, right. man, those guys—they—they they run hard, and you know, Corey West. Oh I my mean, God, the the kid is just—he wants to. He wants to hurt you, and then he'll he'll pick you up and pat you on the back. But my God, he can hit all those kids. They, you know, McMahon is just tough as nails. Mm-hmm. And then you got you know PJ Smyzer in the middle there, who's just—I mean, what do you do with him? <laughs> yeah. How many guys do you have to dedicate to him? And that throws everything off. Yep. So it's just so tough, man. And they, and you know, you, they can get you one on one, man to man, out there on the. The receivers. Yeah, you can't leave that. So it's so tough. Yeah, it's like I'll let you, I'll let you do that. We'll stack seven in the box. I dare you to try to throw it on these guys, and you know, odds are they're not going to be able to beat them. I mean, because they just are better athletes. Right. Not no offense to anyone. It's just that's just the way it pans out.
0: And uh, there's no doubt that this is their their toughest test. But I don't feel like the Rochester defense has gotten talked about enough, especially lately with oh. what they've been able to do and how well they've developed. Um, you know, in bringing this full circle, you talk about having Henry out there and just his ability to read the ball and see where it's going and see where the where the offense is, you know, focusing on. I, I feel like Henry's been a huge part of that, and that's got to be a reflection of his dad. And oh J. yeah, Big, yeah, Baker's um, been tremendous. And then and you throw in like guys no, like Parker Lyons and up Warren front. Alex, like, the yeah, Rochester yeah. defense has gotten so much better. I feel like this year than even week one.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, it's turning into the uh, the coaches' last names out there. <laughs> yeah. You got Nelson and you got Beaker back there, and they were tremendous yesterday. They were huge in that outcome of that game. Yeah. They were the real players, um, and it does come down to just having that football mind. Um, you know, Henry has, you know, he's really come around, especially since last year. You know, I was like, wow, you know. You know, he's talented, but it's like just a little guy he's, out he's a little there. guy out <laughs> there, on. and yeah. now he's really coming to his own. He's hitting hard, man. He He's always on a one on one tackle. You're not getting past him, he's yeah. going after those legs. He's got perfect form tackle. If I was ever going to show a kid, hey, you know, if you're smaller size, this is what you do to get these guys down. That's exactly he does it to perfection, mm-hmm. and he just knows where to be at the right place at the right time. And he's a heck of an athlete. I mean, shoot, he can return punts. I mean, he had an awesome heads-up play yesterday on the, the hook and ladder thing, 40 yards down. I mean, who the hell does that? I, yeah. I haven't even talked to Derek about that, yeah. but I'm sure he wasn't happy. I don't think Derek brought that up. And to do that in that situation of the game, and for him to be ready for it, yeah. that's tremendous. Yeah. And just to have the hands, he, he took it without even a, a second thought. He just was up that sideline, and yeah. you could see they were laughing about it, because I don't think they expected that to happen. <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's just one of those
0: moments, like you said, he had the awareness, and it it just worked out. Like, you know, that can go either way. It but, could have gone really bad. <laughs> but, you know, having his mind and the way that he plays, that that's just...
1: And that's so important in football, you know, where, where a lot of kids don't have the athleticism. That's kind of where I was and I think Derek was. We were good athletes, but we weren't going to outrun you. Um, but our minds got us in positions where we could have success, and that's especially Derek. Um, I say that with my son, JP, is, mm-hmm. you know, he works harder than probably anyone I've ever seen at 13, ever. I've never seen a 13-year-old work as hard as he does. Um, but, man, he's he's going to be smarter than every person on that field. There's been times where, you know, I'm dealing with something on the sideline, and he just calls the whole offense, and I'm just like, all right, I'm just not going to call the rest of the game because he just he knows yeah. the game, and that's where Beaker is, and that's where, you know, a lot of these – McMahon, you know, they can just go out there and just play, because they're around it all the time, and they they get the advantage that most of these kids don't, where they're just surrounded by it all the time.
0: Um, I've taken up plenty of your time, so I appreciate it. Um, I don't have necessarily a, a, a sponsor for this podcast, so... If there's a way that you want to talk about or get people to reach out to you about your business, please feel free to share it now because I feel like I've taken up plenty of your time, so I owe you. No, something I, for I, it. I appreciate it. I know it, you man. work for Bos, so how can people get a hold of you? Yeah, no,
1: um, yeah, Bos Insurance Agency. Um, we started about two years ago. Um, I do everything from your home and autos. Um, so if anyone needs a home and auto quoted right now, it's uh, if you haven't looked at your renewals lately. Unfortunately, they're probably going up around 25 to 30%. That's just the nature of the business right, right, right now. So um, please reach out to me. Or if you have a small business, middle-sized business, that's kind of my forte. That's what I've really focused on through the past decade. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach out to me, my cell phone number. Call me anytime, 217-891-7475. Or you can email me at leonard at insurewithbos.com and I do appreciate, you know, Bank of Springfield, they just allow me to do what I love by coaching my kids, and they're just a, a fantastic, fantastic organization in this community, and I don't think they get the credit that they deserve because they do invest so much into our community, and the Morantz family has just been fantastic, and the canales they just are tremendous people, so I appreciate all they do for me.
0: Um, last question, which sideline do you stand on on Friday?
1: wherever the family is okay from i know we got family from connecticut coming in um i think we might have some colorado family coming in um last year i actually sat in the end zone i really enjoyed that yeah yeah um i got to hang out with a lot of my old players um but i was all over the place because normally you have to go check on jp to see what he wants at halftime <laughs> and you know, Derek typically needs something. So I'm all over the place, but you know, I am a, a businessman, so I got to go shake hands. There you go. Kiss babies, and, you know, <laughs> do all the fun stuff. So it, it's a fun social hour for me. I, I, I really don't even, I just want everyone to get out of it healthy and happy and yeah. you know, no, no drama. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Thank you.
0: A huge thank you to Brad for his time. I know I took up way more than I should have probably, but I could have went another hour or two asking him questions. What else is coming up in the next week? Well, we've got girls basketball started this week, and next week, the boys basketball season starts. How many football teams win this weekend will depend on how much basketball we get to next week, but we will certainly keep an eye on the Decatur Turkey Tournament next weekend with Southeast Eisenhower and MacArthur over there. For those curious, the SHG boys basketball team does not open their season for an extra week. Probably because they knew this was going to happen. The winners of the Sagamore Conference on the boys' side last year, the Pleasant Place Cardinals, open up on Tuesday at Monticello, the state runner up So that's a great test for them early on. I honestly don't know exactly which games we will get to early next week. Just hoping we're preparing for three games next Friday at Memorial Stadium in Champaign the day after Thanksgiving. Buckle up for Friday and make sure you come out and be a part of history and witness this game. Thanks for listening. Please like, share, comment and do all the good stuff to help this podcast grow. I will see you next week.